Hey, welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug, a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can learn more about us at our website, www.faithshelton.org. This podcast is being recorded for Pentecost Sunday, May 28th, 2023. Today's sermon title is Welcoming One Another. We're looking at the biblical practice of hospitality. This is more than being friendly. This really has to do with God's essential self-giving nature. It has to do with how God welcomes us as strangers, how God comes to us as a stranger. It has to do with our faithfulness to the God who welcomes us and then commands us to welcome others. We could just begin with the single verse, Romans 15, 7. It puts it straightforward. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every week at Faith Lutheran Church, our worship begins with a call and response. I get up there before the congregation and declare, welcome home, to which the congregation responds, it's good to be home. And I always make sure that everybody remembers that faith is not our home. It's actually God's house. God is the host. Every one of us is a guest, or in some cases, the hired staff. But God, according to God's nature revealed in Christ Jesus, welcomes each one of us just as we are, by grace, according to God's kindness and mercy. Having welcomed, been welcomed by God in this way, we extend God's welcome to one another when we gather for worship on Sunday mornings, especially with and as strangers and newcomers. Welcome home. It's good to be home. Hospitality is kind of a big deal around here. And it's a big deal because, well, it's kind of a big deal in the Bible. Genesis chapter 18, a famous story of Abraham and Sarah. They show hospitality to three strangers who turn out to be divine visitors. Maybe God and a couple of angels. Some have speculated that it's actually the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who do the visiting. Later, the entire book of Exodus, the story of Exodus, is the story of God liberating a group of enslaved immigrants in Egypt, welcoming them into a land flowing with milk and honey. Their leader, Moses, teaches them that this God shows mercy to the least of these, to the widow, the orphan, the immigrant, and the stranger, and that as the people of God, they ought to show the same kind of mercy to others. This is what Moses says in Deuteronomy 10. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. There's a story about a woman uh, who practices witchcraft, who risks her life to show kindness and hospitality to the king of Israel. 1 Samuel 28. And then in 1 Kings 17, the prophet Elijah is welcomed by a poor widow and her son, and it turns out that he needed them, but that they needed him too. When King Solomon built and dedicated the temple in Jerusalem, the scriptures are quick to point out that this is not Israel's temple. This is God's house, where all are welcome, including especially insiders and outsiders, foreigners and strangers. 
Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the promise and the, the, the symbol of, of the temple in Jerusalem. So hospitality is central to Jesus' teaching and ministry as well. Jesus is the stranger in, in many ways. He's the word who became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He's the one who, uh, the stranger who meets the woman at the well and the disciples on the road to the Emmaus. And, and he and his disciples during their entire ministry, they rely on the, on the hospitality of strangers as they travel from t- town to town, preaching the good news, healing the sick. Whoever welcomes me, Jesus teaches, welcomes the one who sent me. And he, in turn, even as he receives hospitality, he also offers hospitality. Uh, he feeds the 5,000. He welcomes the little children. He offers this wonderful invitation, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, he says, and I will give you rest. Jesus is so much wrapped up in this idea of, of hospitality that one of the many criticisms leveled against Jesus by his opponents is precisely that, well, he welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Guilty as charged. And then there's his most radical teaching of all. Jesus tells a parable in Matthew chapter 25 in which a king commands a, uh, commends a group for their faithfulness. I was hungry and you fed me, the king says. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And the group is confused. Um, you know, when did we see you hungry or think you were a stranger? And the king, Jesus, tells that group that whenever they welcomed the least of these, the stranger, an immigrant, the widow, the orphan, they welcomed him and therefore they welcomed the father who sent him. And then to underscore how fundamentally important this is, the parable condemns the other group for not feeding Christ when he was hungry, for not welcoming Christ when they thought he was a stranger. Horrified, this group argues, we don't ever recall not welcoming you, Christ, into our hearts. But the king tells them that whenever they neglected to show compassion to the poor, Whenever they failed to welcome the least of these, the stranger, the immigrant, the widow, the orphan, they failed to welcome Jesus. They turned him away, and by extension, they turned away the one who sent him. So if we are to take the Bible seriously here, and we should, this means that we ought to be real careful when we decide that someone or some group is not welcome. Or, that, or is not worthy of compassion or kindness. Amen? Amen. Well, given the prominence of hospitality in both the Old Testament and in the life and teaching of Jesus, it's not a surprise that the Holy Spirit commands the practice of hospitality to the early church and, by extension, to us. Welcome one another, the Bible says, just as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. The Greek here is proslambano, which means to accept or receive or take on, to grant one access to one's heart. Those whose faith is strong are to welcome those whose faith is weak, it says in Romans 14. In the book of Acts, it's all about hospitality. The day of Pentecost is highlighted by the gift of the Holy Spirit being given to strangers and travelers, men and women of all ages, of all languages. 
Later in, in Acts, uh, the Spirit reminds Peter through his encounters with Dorcas and Cornelius that God's welcome is not limited by gender or nationality. All of the Apostle Paul's missionary work relies on the hospitality of others, the likes of Priscilla and Aquila. The early church learned the lesson of Abraham and Sarah. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, it says in the letter to Hebrews. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. For Bible-believing followers of Jesus, matters of hospitality, welcoming one another in Jesus' name is kind of a big deal. And if by our actions or inactions we are failing to show hospitality, we ought to pay attention. We might even need to repent. Because as we've been learning all the way through the book of Romans, we're all in the same boat. We've all been saved by grace through faith apart from our efforts or good works. We are all the least of these. We are strangers and immigrants, widows and orphans. And while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, the book of Romans says, Christ died for us. God in Christ meets us where we are, reconciling all of creation to God. In God's house, all are strangers and all are welcome. Our salvation, our welcome is not based on our efforts, but based on God's kindness. And as we practice receiving God's grace, as we practice extending God's grace, as we learn to see Christ in our neighbor, that's how the Spirit transforms our hearts and conforms our lives to that of Christ Jesus. Welcome one another, therefore, as Christ welcomes you for the glory of God. Well, I've been thinking about some examples of hospitality that I've experienced recently and how they apply to today's theme. Here are four. The first is a Mariners game. We went to the Mariners game last weekend. Two things struck me as really helpful. First, the welcome. I felt welcome there, even though I didn't know anybody. We were a gathering of 40,000 strangers, but that was okay. There were signs to tell me where to, which direction to go. I, I knew where to find the bathroom. I had a place to sit. I could buy food. I could drink overpriced beer. And there were even ushers there. And I thought, well, Sunday, Sunday worship is like that, or should be like that, I think. We don't have to be close friends with everybody to enjoy the game. We don't have to know everybody and be insiders to experience good worship. We just need ushers and signs, and we need to know where the bathrooms are. The other thing about the game uh, was how much public ritual plays a part of a baseball game. Ever been to a baseball game? You know what the seventh inning stretch is? Everybody stands up and sings, Take me out to the ball game. Well, that's a ritual that creates community and shared experience. And so we do ritual in worship, too. We stand and we sing familiar hymns. We confess the creed. We share the bread and the wine every week. We bring our tithes and offerings every week. Every week we confess our sins together. We do this every week. It becomes a ritual, a practice, so that even when we're not feeling it, well, that's okay. Because sometimes, because the words and the opportunity, they're there when we do need it, when we are feeling it. Public welcome expects a gathering of strangers and shared ritual in worship or at the old ball game. 
Second example of hospitality, I think it has to do with, with giving good gifts. Uh, recent, our son, Ben, has taken up bread baking. And recently he invited us and his grandparents over for breakfast. And he was bursting with a grin as he presented to us a, a pan of fresh homemade cinnamon rolls. I think part of the practice of hospitality is learning to share and to receive the good gifts of God. God is fundamentally self-giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Giving and receiving good gifts to strangers, as strangers, from strangers. This conforms our hearts and lives to that of God revealed in Christ Jesus. Third, I've also just been super excited about how God is using our church campus these days. How God is welcoming new groups and agencies to gather here in God's house to do good, to put on musicals, to serve the least of these, strangers and immigrants, orphans and widows, all of us guests in God's house. And it's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Last week alone, uh, Cielo was distributing hundreds of boxes of of food in in the fellowship hall. The Connection Street Theater presented the Pirates of Penzance. Kids Cove Preschool wrapped up its fourth year here at Faith. The National Alliance for Mental Illness staged an open house to introduce its new resource office located here at Faith, in God's house, in Shelton. Faith Lutheran and Agua Viva congregations conducted services of worship. The Sandwich Club made 200 sandwiches like they do every week for Community Lifeline. This coming week, we're setting up for a memorial service and a congregational ministry fair. And in God's house, there is always room for more. God welcomes all, the song goes, strangers and friends. God's love is strong, and it never ends. And finally, I've been thinking about God's hospitality as I work with people grieving and at the end of life. I think about death and dying, our experience of grief and loss, the fact of our mortality, One reason to practice giving and receiving hospitality, I believe, is to prepare us for the final welcome. Because the promise of the gospel is that Christ has defeated death and that death does not have the final say. So I don't know exactly how it all plays out. Nobody knows. But I can imagine one day when I've breathed my last breath here on earth, I'm going to hear a voice and I'm going to open my eyes And I'm going to see my Lord Jesus. And I'm going to see joy in his eyes, a smile on his face, (laughs) and a plate of warm cinnamon rolls in his hand. And I think the first thing that Jesus is going to say is, welcome home. And I pray that the first words out of my mouth might be the very words that you and I have been practicing every Sunday for years. When Jesus says, welcome home, Oh, it's good to be home. Thanks for listening today, folks. I hope God is using this podcast series to help you to understand the scriptures, to bring you faith, hope, and love. That's what it's all about. To learn more about the gospel or to get contacted by connected to faith, go to our website, uh, faithshelton.org. And while you're at it, like us, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple and all those. Chaz, thank you for your production work on this podcast every week. 
All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And I leave you with a benediction. People of God, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.